0: Hello everybody and welcome to another film podcast. I'm Tierney. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. This week we will be discussing the Robert Altman 1975 movie Nashville. So this movie was my pick and I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So real quick, real quick, when you were introducing it, I thought you, like... I think most people like not to step on the toes of the rest of this conversation but i think most people who talk about this movie based on what i've gathered from the internet recently would have said the 1975 robert altman classic and i like that you went the 1975 robert altman movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) anyway as you were (laughs) so uh, this movie has been referenced by well two things This movie has been referenced by a lot of filmmakers in terms of, like, how to do an ensemble movie. Uh, However, I thought that this movie was, in fact, Robert Altman's The Player, which is... uh, I've seen one clip from that movie, and it is, like, a 10-minute-long moving one-shot. So I thought that was the movie we were going to watch. And then I realized halfway through that it's not that movie. (laughs) Oh, so, no. <laughs> And it's like three times the length of a regular movie. But uh, like I know that people who do ensemble movies do tend to reference Nashville and then a number of his other movies. Um, so that's why I picked it because I've always wanted to watch it only because it's referenced. Knew nothing about it, uh, <laughs> nor the length of the movie. Uh, so I, that's why I picked it.
1: So I was actually really excited to watch this for similar reasons. Like I knew that this was widely considered to be, you know, like a film classic. And I have not seen this is the first Robert Altman movie I've ever seen. Um, So like him as a director is like very much a like a cultural like filmic blind spot for me. So I was really stoked for this movie. And
0: it's probably not the best Altman to jump in with. I would say MASH is. I was going to say,
1: I was like, halfway through, I was like, man, if this is the thing that everybody like, if everybody's into this, I don't think I'm part of that. I think yeah. I need to, to remove myself from this. Yeah.
0: One thing he does um, do very well, and you get to see some of it in this, but it's not nearly as much as M.A.S.H., because his whole thing is like ensemble casts. Right. Um, but he does have a very dark sense of humor. And you do get to see some of it in this, not nearly as much as M.A.S.H., obviously, where they're like sawing off people's arms while talking. Right. Um, but that was one part where I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll let you guys go before I or yeah, you guys go first and then I'll, I'll talk about what I thought.
2: <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, and we might as well get this out of the way early in the run of this podcast Podcast I'm sorry yeah
0: got
2: it. um we'll we'll edit that uh, out in, in post <laughs> yeah here here's what I'm gonna say my track record with movies made earlier than like 1990 uh is very thin and I will say of that thin uh, amount of movies that I've seen from prior 90 90s movies. Uh, I don't like most of them. <laughs> so, I come at old movies, what I consider old movies. Uh,
0: this is an old. Jeff the... Goldblum is in it.
2: 1975 is pre-Star Wars. This is old as fuck. At uh, least better I better
0: acting than Star Wars, though, am I right?
2: Here's what I'm going to say. I hated this movie, <laughs> top to bottom. <laughs> Start to finish, I disliked this movie. With such passion that I got angry when I saw that it's considered one of the greatest films of all time because it upsets every expectation that I have of what is considered a movie and good. I can't wait to talk about this movie because all my notes are just, huh? What? What is this? What is this? Who is that? Why are we doing this? So
1: this? Why are they doing this? In terms of uh, just organizing this pop, i think we should hold off on like the cultural like significance legacy whatever you want to call it of this movie hold off on that until a little bit later because i also have some thoughts on that and i don't want to get like too deep into those weeds before we get into like what the actual movie itself like the text itself is sure
2: um but yeah i just just wanted to Yeah, I wanted to prepare anyone who's an Altman fan uh, you might (laughs) hate me after this podcast because I did not I will not be participating in a positive sense on this
1: episode so Matt and I both started this film way too late (laughs) like just just absurdly late for how long this movie is what this movie is but anyway he started about 30 minutes before I did and I texted you guys and I was like alright I'm about to dive in let's see how this goes and then he texted me separately it was just like I think I hate this movie. I was like, Why
0: did you message all of us, Matt? I would have because I did wanna... Why do you? Think because that's you're the one who picked sorry. it. I thought it was just
2: for the length. I honestly thought you had seen this movie before and loved it, or loved Altman. I didn't want to be the one to like sink the ship, but I early on, very early on, was already like, I think I don't like what this movie is already. I will say, uh, and I
1: was right. So, I actually really liked the intro. Like, the... (laughs) So, there's, like, the old-timey Paramount logo in black and white, which I, like... I'm just, like, a weird nerd for, like, old film studio logos. Uh, So, I was like, okay, cool, that's fun. And then it had, like, the, you know robert altman film like the standard issue stuff and then when like the opening credits started and it was just like a voiceover talking about this movie that you're about to watch with like the song titles going down one side and like the actors going down the other and it just felt like this really weird like it almost felt like it was taken from the trailer for the movie that they just decided to put right in front of the actual movie i thought that was really funny and i was like okay cool like i'm i'm into this like whatever vibe this is and then (laughs) the first sequence is just like following a car who is just blaring some like political like presidential candidate talking about his policy for like five minutes and then it goes to like this sound recording like a sound booth recording of some like country western song about the bicentennial (laughs) and i was like oh, no, I think this lost me already. (laughs) Yeah, that was more or
0: less my thought as well. (laughs) I will say, it is an interesting... So there's... I looked it up, there's 24 main characters, which, like, is overwhelming.
1: Too many. I would also argue... Because I saw that same thing, and I was like, I think the word main is doing a lot of heavy lifting here, if we're saying there's 24 main characters. Like... There's 24, there's 24 people characters. who yeah, who you like interact with yeah. occasionally, but like I would say at best there's maybe like
2: two main characters for this movie and at best yeah. and even them <laughs> Finn maybe possibly have art. mostly nothing.
0: But I think that the the van with the speakers is more or less the narrator and I think that, yeah. that is interesting I'm not saying I like would do that in my own script but I was like oh this is an interesting move and I can respect that.
1: Yeah, like it definitely was a choice and like I understand <laughs> the like the fact that like the climax of this movie happens at one of his like rallies. It's like, oh okay, I guess that does make sense that like he is this kind of like I don't want to say like narrative through line because he's not really providing much for whatever narrative there is in this movie, but he is like the or that van, and, like, his his presence uh, without actually being on screen is kind of, like, the thing holding it all together. So, like, I do get it, and it is, like, a choice, but
2: it's not a choice that I support. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the editing of that first sequence, and really the entire movie, was uh, constantly jarring and impossible to follow at points where, like, it would be super loud music in one entirely different location, and then they'd hard cut to somewhere quiet that doesn't look any anything like it, but then cut back to, like, the moment that you left. And so it just felt like they just edited between every scene that they filmed, they just edited different scenes, like, every sequence had ten sequences all jumping around that I was, like... Just stay on one story for longer than one minute so that I can understand who the fuck these people are, where we are, what we're doing, what their motivations are, who's related to who. But like in the first 10 minutes of this like jumping back and forth from like tracking this car to like Lily Tomlin singing with the gospel group to a different sound recording studio with a different person recording a different song. I was like, what is happening? Why are we doing all of this right now with no context? I, I have, I felt adrift. So, I wrote down in my notes, I felt adrift.
0: But the thing is, you eventually realized those things. Eh, kind of.
2: <laughs> really? Everything said in this movie was said and delivered like an aside or like a, an afterthought. So I got almost no information from any line. Everyone was just like, <laughs> just like talking into nothing, with different no inflection to like help me track what the fuck anyone was talking about. And it wasn't like Sorkin West Wing, where it was like fun, how fast and like clever they were all when, talking. I hated it. I would say <laughs> I I that, will try to I'll try to yeah
0: to add to so Sorkin West Wing is not the way that people talk.
2: Accurate. People don't, <clears throat>
0: people don't talk that way. No. But watching this I, no, not at all. is, I thought it was like watching reality television before reality television was a thing. Because you actually have, I think this is one part about the movie that I will stand by because I think it is fantastic writing. Is you have multiple conversations going at one time. And you can hear that as like a human because people do it all the time in real life, but that almost rarely happens in movies. And I love when people talk over each other and under each other, because it shows like an intimacy between the two characters that you have in real life, but you don't typically have in movies. And that was one thing where I was like, they do this pretty well here. The performances you can have a problem with, or what they're saying you can have a problem with, but they actually, the way it's executed, I think works nicely.
1: I completely agree with you. That was, like, one of the things... That is it, so mad. <laughs>
2: I will not be on board. I, I don't... I thought that aspect was a nightmare to watch.
1: I will say, like, I didn't... I appreciate it in the way that Tierney is describing it. Because I did have the exact same thought, where it's like, oh... Especially when there's, like, sequences where there's, like, a whole group of people. When they're, like, at the party, at that, like, random, like... Cabin in the woods, or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's just like a large group of people around, and like you could hear several conversations happening mm-hmm. all at once. And you know, like, especially in those moments, I was like, oh, this is like, I understand this choice. It makes sense. It feels very realistic. Having said that, I also hated it in the way that Matt hated it. <laughs> where I was just like, it drove me fucking crazy because the whole time I was just like, I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't care what any of them are saying to one another. So like on the like a pure like filmmaking level, it's like yes, this this achieves a level of realism that is rarely achieved in like movies, but also like it doesn't make me more or more invested in what these characters are saying because now I have to like try and pick up different conversations and see which one I care about if any. And it just, it ended up being more of, like, a pain in the ass than anything else. So, like, I do agree with where you're coming from, Tierney, but I, it did not work for me.
0: <laughs> I think it puts the onus on the viewer.
1: Sure. Yeah, and it definitely does do that, uh, which but is I fine. Thought
0: very, I thought that technique is, like, anytime time I see that, I generally love it.
1: I will say, so I thought of, uh, which is apparently my thing, is to... Watch a movie for this podcast and then relate it to more recent movies that I've seen. Um, uh-huh. But I thought about two movies that came out last year that did the similar thing. Um, it was like In Little Women. In uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, there are Ooh. several sequences where the girls are all just, like, talking over one another. But, like, that worked for me because I knew who those characters were. And I, like, cared about the fact that it was, like, oh, yeah, this is how siblings interact with one another. This makes sense to me. I like this. This works. And then, like, on a similar uh, setting with Uncut Gems, there were a lot of sequences where... Um, like characters were having conversations, but you could hear a lot of other conversations happening, or you could hear a lot of like street noise and stuff. And I liked it for that aspect, just because I think that added more to the, the setting of the movie of being kind of like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Like that whole vibe of uncut gems is this like sense of like frenetic energy. So like, I think it makes sense for both of those movies And I guess technically it makes sense for this movie too Especially like I was saying in those sequences Where there's large groups of people But I just Since I don't care about any of these characters Since I don't really know any of these characters Since I don't really care about the country music scene In Nashville in the 70s I was just like (laughs) Or
0: now
1: (laughs) Or now honestly yeah, I was just like Like okay this is like an interesting filming technique But I also just like don't give a fuck about why (laughs) So Yeah I I think Oh sorry
2: No, you go. You go, Jenny.
0: Uh Just to add to that, if you want a contemporary instance where I think it works really well, where you don't know the people before you, like, it starts with multiple conversations happening at one time, is the television show This Way Up. Uh, it's on Hulu. It stars Sharon Horgan and is written by Ashling B. And it is, the, they play sisters, and the way that they talk, they're having multiple conversations at one time. And they're talking over and under each other. And it's done very well to where you know immediately that they're sisters.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't have a problem with the technique itself. It's just how it's used
0: oh, yeah. no, I know. in this particular saying, movie. In another, <laughs> another instance where... Oh, okay. Kind of combining the two where you don't know who the people are at first. But it works well because it's, like, showing who they are.
1: Yeah. I think my biggest... Like, as I was watching this movie... Like, the biggest thing that I had, like, my reaction to this movie was just, like, confusion. And not yep. confusion in terms of, like, like what's happening. Like, I, I found the movie fairly easy to follow. Like, I was never really that confused about, like, the quote-unquote plot of this movie. Um, but I, like, I just, I, my whole time I was watching it, I was just like why is this happening? Like, what's the point of this? What are we doing here? I don't understand. Like, why are there 24 characters? Why are, I it's just, I, the whole time I was just like, I don't understand what this is supposed to be. Um, and I, I think that was, it, it was really hard for me to like grasp onto anything in this movie. Cause the whole time I just felt so like disoriented and, and again, not in like a plot, way and just like a like a more meta sense of like what is this thing that i'm watching
2: <laughs> yeah i was confused in a plot way but also uh the two movies that i would think uh were thought of for this was social network another sorkin um but just kind of this like that one also has like a lot of fast talking and talking over each other obviously it's in the sorkin way of like it's not human realistic dialogue but um, and then the other one was Magnolia, which I think you said Paul Thomas Anderson was inspired by this movie. Yep. I thought of Magnolia in the sense that, like, Magnolia also has a lot of actual main characters. Yeah, I would say Magnolia is the idealized version of what Nashville was doing first, I guess. But, like, I, I am uh, a very hard believer that the first attempt at something doesn't mean it's the best attempt. Yep. And I think this movie is bonkers to try to understand who any of these characters are to each other like what do they matter how much uh like emotional weight do they have invested in each other it's like hard to tell who's connected that closely to who cuz they they're all introduced separately and then when they do come together with like the people that like Lily Tomlin and her husband you're like okay so they're married but you don't really understand like what their relationship is why a phone call like that would be, like, suspicious for her to get at that time, like, like, why any of them are constantly in the same place together, like, is Nashville one square block of a city, and they all go (laughs) to the exact same things every time, like, that felt so weird to see all these characters that didn't seemingly have a connection to some of the events that they were at, just also there, like, or just... Yeah, they were, like, stragglers or, like, groupies that are obviously going to gravitate towards where, like, the Nashville singers are performing. But it just felt like they were forced in there because you have to have this BBC reporter at every oh. scene. And, like, we can th- we can spend some time on that BBC reporter. Because oh. I think that character was not only in very annoying to listen to and watch... <laughs> But also, (laughs) super confusing in what the purpose was of her character, halfway through, when you started getting a sense that, like, oh, uh, Kenny with the violin case or whatever is probably going to kill somebody. (laughs) You were like, oh, and the BBC reporter will be there to break this story and, like, make her big break. Hey, spoiler alert, she misses that part. She goes, what's happening? And you're like, what is your function in this film why are you here you are the most excruciating of anybody in this cast i also
0: I yeah she's to say that that the whole so this is like i watched half of it because it's so fucking long my main thing is that they need to cut <laughs> probably a few characters and then the run down, uh-huh. down an hour that holy would be shit my yeah and then it would be like like go from like an okay movie to a great movie
2: yeah, and it's an hour's worth of musical numbers, by the way. Yes. An hour's worth of music. <laughs> I started skipping them,
0: I'm not going to lie, because I don't Insane. like country. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I read something that said that, so I started to feel like it was watching reality TV. And mm-hmm. so I looked it up and they said that, I can't remember where I read it. It might have been like Rotten Tomatoes, but they said that part of the thing that made it like a big deal is in the same way that Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is mostly atmosphere and setting that makes it scary this is I mean this isn't scary it's just boring but it is taking (laughs) it it conveys the setting and the atmosphere of Nashville very well I just don't feel anything toward it so I don't really care for it but I'm like because it does capture like the post-Vietnam Mm -hmm. people are like angry at politicians and i guess celebrities since she gets shot i don't really know why yeah (laughs) but i did think that like i think most of why it feels like there's no plot is because it's like this is about a place but the thing that makes it difficult is that i don't care for the place (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah well and so that i was gonna say i i've i think i've flown into nashville once and then I've like got it yeah and like i got in a car and then like drove to my actual destination it was just like cheaper to fly to nashville so like i don't have any actual like experience in nashville and even if i did like probably you know 2010s nashville is very different than 1970s nashville but to Matt's point, one of the things that I like drove me crazy was just, like, how incestuous it seems like Nashville is based on this movie. <laughs> <Like, laughs> it's
0: because there's so many people. They just need to cut right. some people, and then it'll I be fine.
1: But I, I, I totally agree that there are far too many people here. But, like, from what I gathered, Nashville is, like... Like, everything in Nashville is about country music. Like, that's just, like, the Nashville thing. So, like, on the one hand, it'd be like, yeah, I guess it makes sense that all of these people are at the same places that are, like, celebrating country music. But on the other hand, it's like, wait, doesn't everywhere in Nashville celebrate country music? And why are they all at, like, the same bar or the same club or whatever? And so, it just, like, it was really weird to me that, like, all these people just kept showing up for no real reason. And I I think that also... Has to do with the fact that like none of these characters are established any more than just like their notes, like, like BBC reporter. Which by the way, I don't. I'm like, was she actually a BBC
2: reporter? No. Okay, because like, which is another thing that's like, Wait, what, what are you? She's, She's not? not a real reporter. No.
1: I I mean like I don't think the movie makes it clear one way or another, but I do oh, think like bad. you you can definitely ask the question. Like, are mm-hmm. you a real reporter? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? She says she's making a documentary, but all she has is, like, a little side, like, tape recorder thing. So it's like, well... we oh, do
0: radio documentaries.
1: No, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's, it's not clear in the movie that she is or is not. Oh. But, like, as the movie progresses and you're just like... Are you, though? Like, it seems like you have no idea what the fuck you're doing And you're yeah. just, like, why are, adopted a British Why are you a wandering accent. a junkyard? Yeah, like, you just adopted a British British accent So that you could maybe tell people that you were from the BBC I don't know, it's... But anyway, like, to the larger point that I was trying to make Is that none of these characters are characters They're all just, like, the the one-note thing that they're trying to play like,
0: Yep, they're all bit players
1: t- yeah, Exactly, yeah And I think, to Matt's earlier comparison to magnolia it's like every single person in magnolia has an arc and like some of them are more developed than others but every single character has like an arc and they have motivation and they are like a somewhat developed character if not a very developed character whereas like a lot of these the people in this movie like i don't even want to call them characters because i feel like they really aren't uh a lot of the people in this movie just do the one thing like the British woman yeah. is just like be annoying and happen to be around and ask dumb questions
0: and like or Shelley Tom Duvall always finds a man.
2: Yeah, and like Ooh, we got to talk about Shelley Duvall. <laughs> we have to talk about Shelley Duvall, please. <laughs> I,
0: to, if we're gonna yeah, start go, for it, about go for it. for Characters. I think it, we got to start with Jeff Goldblum's entrance because say what you will about this movie, but that is an entrance for Jeff Goldblum.
2: Fucking iconic. Is his entrance, the salt. The salt yeah. magic trick? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible down, shit. Oh
0: my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he also, uh, like, the motorcycle, when he just, like, pulls into the airport and just, like, parks his car. And then as he's walking by the, uh, like, their, um, like, their driver, like, the Bill, Mary, and Tom's, like, driver, he just, like, does, like, a little mini magic trick with, like, his handkerchief. And I was just, like, this dude's fucking dope. Like, like make, make the movie yeah.
2: about this guy. I'm in. His, <laughs> yeah. his character's name is Tricycle Man. Of course, which is like maybe Mad Max. Who knows?
0: They definitely needed more Jeff Goldblum in this
1: movie. Yeah, but I do think, like, the fact that his character is named Tricycle Man, I think, speaks to the larger. Tells me he's not a
0: main character. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't be twenty-four main, him a main
1: characters. Character. <laughs>
2: One is a man with no lines who does mostly magic tricks and is named Tricycle Man, and that's a main character of the movie, and that's one of the twenty-four main characters we have here. Um, also, the oh, what was I going to say about uh, Shelly? Oh well, yeah, we could talk about Shelly for sure. I wrote my note for Shelly Duval <laughs> is Shelly Duval looks out of her mind. Yeah, <laughs> she every outfit was out. Rageous. it was so bizarre and and one the one scene where like kenny is talking to his mom or whoever on the phone and she's just like wandering around the place that he's renting she has like the craziest outfit on with like a pink wig and just looks like just these huge eyes and just like it looks like a scene out of Popeye, which is a different Robert Altman movie, but she plays olive oil in it, and it just looks like olive oil in a wig, like wandering an apartment. It's She looks crazy in this movie. Everyone else looks fine. Her outfits are insane in this movie.
1: <laughs> I also like that she has approximately 15 different wigs. And so, mm-hmm. like, each time you see her, she's, like, wearing a different outfit and also has, like, a totally different hairstyle. Uh, and it's just, like, what? <laughs> what is this? Like, I get that her character is just, like, groupy. So, like, fine, whatever. But it's just, it's such a weird choice. Like, presumably she could just be the same person and just sleep with whichever character she you know like i don't understand why whenever she goes out to try and meet some band member she has to be wearing a totally different outfit and hairstyle like just just be yourself and hook up with whomever i I don't know that was such a weird but every single character has that like weird what is what are we doing like the woman who like okay so the uh like 30 car pile-up sequence I have a feeling what? you're
0: about to talk about who is my favorite character. <laughs> like,
1: like the thirty car pile up sequence, which, by the way, was like so stupid, but I was laughing really hard like when it, it happened in all
0: funny. the. It was so and dumb. <laughs> Opal has the line. I did write this down because I thought it was so funny. Where she goes, I wish I had my cameraman. And then they're like, why do you want that? And she goes, it's America. All those cars smashing into each other and mangled corpses.
1: (laughs) 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 I was like, you're not wrong. Yeah. But, like, so, A what we were talking about like how weird it is that they're all in the same place like the fact that all of our quote unquote main characters are in this traffic jam is ridiculous but second of all the the woman who's like in the car with her husband and then just like bails and then throughout the movie we just like keep seeing her randomly pop up what is the point of this woman What is who is she what is she doing why is she aimlessly wandering around why is she sleeping in random cars what the fuck is going on with this woman so
0: as soon as you start talking about this, I knew you were going to be talking about her, and she is my favorite character. And part of it is because the whole time you're like, what? Why? And she's just constantly stealing things from other people and, like, yeah. and running away. And all I could picture is if this ma- movie was made 20 years later, that character will be played by Amy Sedaris, and I (laughs) fucking loved it. (laughs) Everything she did, I just pictured Amy doing it, and was like, this is so great. I love this so much. (laughs) She's the one thing about the movie where I'm like, don't change a thing. Everything else can be changed, but don't change a thing about her.
2: (laughs) It's just so wild. I do think that the fact that her payoff is singing the final song, and like, uh, really sanitizing this like incredibly awful event was in uh, i actually was like okay this feels like something like this is doing something um and so for that character who's like throughout the entire movie just like melting onto people or objects or lawns just like constantly melting never fully upright Never standing <laughs> Always the sequence
1: where she's trying to get into the club And she tries to, like, glom on to, like, four different people And, like, the <laughs> bouncer keeps yeah. being like No, what are you doing? Stop it And she's just and like, oh, her, but,
0: like Her peeking through the curtain, eating a pork chop yeah. with her hands.
1: <laughs>
2: what the fuck, guys
0: It's <laughs> so good, Matt and,
2: and to go from the end To go from the end where she's literally sp- like laying on the stage to like now is my time and getting up and then just belting out this like beautiful country song that everyone just claps along to was like that's what she's here for (laughs) she's here for this moment (laughs) the final moment of the movie (laughs) the whole movie she is basically catatonic or not thinking and eating at the same time And now she's suddenly the new Nashville star, which maybe that's the point of the movie. And maybe it's supposed to say how replaceable all these stars are in Nashville. The way that they say at one point, like, it's Nashville, keep singing. I was like, oh, it's Chinatown. It's all, it's (laughs) just saying, like, in the same way that, like, New York, I love you, and Paris, Jatim are, like, vignettes about how magical New York and Paris are. I think Nashville is like, Nashville, you suck. And not me saying Nashville sucks, but this movie seems to hate Nashville and everyone there. And it's all just little unfinished vignettes about like the terrible things and like the most annoying people you could possibly come across in Nashville. If you that you look is at what I it Through
0: that lens, it's a very funny movie.
2: And it's credited as a comedy, which I was like, excuse?
0: Oh, that's.
2: When is it funny?
0: That's, but if you look at it as, like, none of these people are, like, great people, everything they do is really funny. I think, yeah, anyway. Like, I, I the Loreen character has some great, great lines. Like, when they're at the, line, the log cabin thing, and she's talking about how motorcycle drivers are so dangerous, and there's a whole ward full of paralyzed young boys from motorcycle accidents. Is so ridiculous. <laughs> is she
1: the one? Is she who's the one that goes on that like rant about how uh, like the South has a Catholicism problem?
2: Oh yeah, the wife of.
0: Uh, oh, the wife the, of the guy who's also in Magnolia.
2: Yeah, Henry yeah. Gibson. Yeah, That's yeah. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, because she's and she's the one who kind of starts to like suggest a thesis for the movie uh by talking about how like they killed Kennedy and like uh why like why can't we have like a civil discussion and there's like this war against this one guy because of like the religion he was part of which then suggests like oh is this about the aftermath of the Kennedy assassination and it kind of also feels like the movie Bobby Uh, if you ever seen Bobby which was from 2005 uh in, in structure, in message and tone, it felt very similar. It's also an ensemble piece, but, like, obviously Bobby would would have been taking crib notes from this. Um, but it had that same kind of, like, something bad's gonna happen, and it's gonna be about the political process. <laughs> but most of the movie was like, but what? Like, what are we going towards? I will say,
1: this: the like the the like sh- the, the dramatic shift in the climax felt very out of place yeah because I like I don't th- mm-hmm. I did not think this movie was funny like there were moments where I kind of chuckled but like on the whole I just thought this movie was mostly like meandering bullshit yep. but I could see like you're like I can understand your argument like where you're coming from Tierney like if you look at it at a certain lens like there is comedic like undertones to this movie it it's didn't work for like, me but i could can...
0: funny exactly it's like, yeah it's just constantly making fun of these people exactly
1: right it's just like this is like fairly silly and fairly low stakes and everything's just kind of like yeah whatever and then to have the climax be like arguably one of the main care one of the actual main characters getting shot it's just like, whoa, this got really somber all of a sudden And it just feels like it's from a totally different movie <laughs> It's like, what? Yeah. why was this the choice to how to end this movie? Or how was there no... Like, yeah, You they kind of hint that this dude Whatever, Kenny, I think his name was They kind of hint throughout the movie that there's something else going on But, like, not, not enough that that turn at the very end Makes any sort of, like, tonal sense
0: Did Taxi Ooh. Driver come out before this?
2: No. Uh, I don't
1: know when Taxi uh, Driver came out. I'll look it up right now.
2: I don't know. It's, it's right around the same time.
0: Very Taxi I Driver. I thought
2: the, uh, I thought the same thing. So
1: Taxi Driver came out in 96. So it just 76? Been, yeah, 76. Sorry. Yeah. So the uh this it came out a year after Nashville.
2: Um I will actually put two and two together actually uh and and I'm going to give my hypothesis for what that climax means. It's- I think the whole movie uh, you're supposed to suspect that Kenny is probably gonna kill uh, the populist replacement candidate or whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. Hank, whatever.
1: Hal, Philip, something or other. Yeah,
2: the guy that's name whose name is on the banner. Walker? I think like that sounds right. Yeah, I think because like you're you never really see him and you just hear this like uh like manifesto. I think it's supposed to kind of lead you in the direction of, like, oh, he's probably going to assassinate this political leader in the same way Taxi Driver did. Obviously, that came out a year later. But, like, uh, even in the way of just, like, talking about the John F. Kennedy assassination, you're like, oh, it's a political assassination that's probably going to happen. And the fact that he instead shoots this pop singer who or this country singer who has no political ties, I think maybe is suggesting that often in the anger of a political fit or like at a political figure or at a pop like uh political process the violence is often redirected to people that didn't actually do it and that aren't responsible for it and just become the scapegoat for this sort of like anger and uh violence and if and i and if that seems to be what it's suggesting even in the fact of replacing her at the end of just being like keep singing keep singing shut up shut up of like they're gonna keep doing this rally for the politician even though like this person who didn't even wasn't even supposed to be there was just murdered in front of everybody um and i guess that's the purpose i just don't care to like witness the two hours and 41 minutes to get there it like felt like a real easy thesis that There's took such almost a long three hours.
0: Essay. So yeah, and long. with just mostly songs.
2: And the songs. Here's what I'm gonna say. The songs weren't bad. They were good. None of them. None of them really like amplified the situation or like made you feel like, oh, the lyrics. I'm really like getting something out of this. And the closest it got was "I'm Easy," yep. um, which one, which was nominated for the Academy Award. We'll get to that later, but. Um, That song was like, oh, this is like a a pretty good, tight sequence. Mm -hmm. And then listening to that song, I was like, okay, is there any other lyric besides I'm easy, I'm easy, because I'm easy? And I was like, not even the songs feel like they're telling me anything. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to grab onto. Um, But Lily Tomlin, probably the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought she was outstanding. Yep. Uh, And... yeah incredible I, that, I was like oh i get it maybe that sequence was phenomenal
1: um and i yeah i completely agree the whole time i was like and even still i don't think her character makes a ton of sense like i have no. several questions about like her like everything about her character but whenever she was on screen i where everybody else when they were on screen i was like what the fuck is happening why is this happening i don't care but when she was on screen i was just like Yeah, I I don't really understand anything else But, like, I'll watch you Because you Mm -hmm. are so magnetic on screen And just, like, everything that she's doing With her facial features and her reactions And, like, the way she interacts with her kids All of that stuff I was like, oh, this is fascinating So she was great Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jeff Goldblum was great And... Uh. Amy Sedaris is also great.
0: <laughs> I would say the way you're describing Lily Tomlin is how I felt about both her performance and also that woman's performance. Oh my god. <laughs> that is my, uh, one, my one hot take is that I think she's the best character in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> she's the in- one that I wanted more of throughout the whole movie. Incredible shit. <laughs> I just identify um, a lot with her just like aimlessly
1: wandering from place yeah. to place.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Her car. Yeah. Although I don't think that was Always her car. I think that steal was stuff.
0: Forget yeah. <laughs> free stuff rather. I don't think about stealing stuff.
2: Um. I have, I have four moments that I thought were funny. Mm-hmm. Some are lines and some are moments that reminded me of other funny things. Um, but I'm just going to run through them really quick. Cause there's not a lot of discussion around, uh, these things. It's just, I thought they were funny. Uh, When they have that giant sign up and everybody turns and the camera zooms in on the sign and it just says, go get a goo goo. It's good. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I feel like I'm losing my mind. What does this mean? (laughs) Go get a goo goo. It's good. Well, that whole ad read that they did before that was just like, yeah.
1: Bonkers, and then, and then when the camera pans up to that, like the actual like signage ad, you're like, "What?"
2: Yeah, uh, my brain <laughs> melted out of my ears. Um, uh, at one point, I don't remember which character. At one point, somebody says hey, "chip, chip, chip, chip," which is the room line for line the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh shit!" Is the room with no. all of its characters that seemingly have no. Place in each other's story. No, inspired by Nashville. No,
1: you cannot give. I think you cannot yes. give Tommy Wiseau that much credit. There's no. Here's what I'm way. gonna say.
2: Here's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. He said it's like a Tennessee Williams play. That the room is like a Tennessee Williams play. Nashville is in where? Tennessee. Okay, uh, take
1: off your fucking hat, your tinfoil hat, and just stop with the nonsense. Tommy Wiseau
2: was a big Robert Altman
1: fan. <laughs> My
0: I think Harry Styles. <laughs> A serious
1: man reference makes more sense than that. <laughs> yeah, the, the bullshit you're spewing right now, like, yeah, fits ch- in ch- ch- perfectly ch- with the rest of this movie. It's just complete nonsense, so I guess I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, one other part that I found very funny is when Henry Gibson is at that rally before... Uh, when in the sequence where that girl keeps poking her head out of the curtain and eating a pork chop... <laughs> He says to everyone in the crowd, any one of you kids could be president. And then only one child goes, (laughs) (laughs) and no one else claps. And I burst out laughing. It was the funniest thing in the whole movie. It was just one kid who's not even fully in the frame. All you see is his lower body and his hands clapping, but no one else reacts. And he's just like, And then nothing. It was so funny. Um, And then the last thing was uh, during the actual pretty powerful scene where um, the country singer, I don't know any of these characters' names, by the way, uh, but the country singer, the main character, I would say the one who I was able to follow the story of the most of anyone. Barbara Jean. Barbara Jean. When she like rambles and won't go to the next song and just keeps talking and the band keeps starting up and stopping, which was funny. (laughs) That they were like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, that reminded me of when I saw Cat Power, uh, the, the singer Cat Power Live. She was supposed to open for Rufus Wainwright. Instead, she came out after him. And oh. he was like, I guess I'm performing. So she ended up becoming the headliner, but was super late and then was like rambling between songs and is apparently known for this, that she has issues that always caused it to kind of just like ramble through a performance but this felt like the same thing of I was the audience being like what is happening <laughs> are we going to get to the next song and Cat Power would just keep going fuck I'm sorry oh god hold on oh god I'm so sorry everyone and everyone would be like "Okay, yeah, yeah it was haunting a haunting performance and ended ended with a teenage uh, employee of Ravinia popping out of the side and like waving and cat power turned over her shoulder from the piano and was like am i done am i done okay they're asking me to leave are you can i just do one more and this teenage ravinia employee going no no (laughs) and then cat power just walking off the stage fully lit all the lights were on and she just like was like okay i guess i guess i gotta leave bye (laughs) <laughs> and it was already an hour after the show was supposed to end it was the craziest performance i've stay? ever seen yeah because it was fascinating because it was watching this Nash, like it was watching somebody like try to put on a performance and you're like is this part of it is this is this supposed to be part of it and then realizing like no oh no is... i was gonna
0: yeah, say was, especially like if you wanted listening to listening to this story
2: I yeah notice, <laughs>
1: but i have
0: Sit still since you started.
1: Yeah, she's just been fidgeting yeah. the entire time. The look and people would get up. Direct people... horror on her face, too, as <laughs> so you're just like telling more yeah. and more of it.
2: Yeah, people were getting up, and she'd be like, oh, okay, I guess, okay, see you later. Oh. And you're like, oh no, please stop. Please, please stop. We're you're not in a place to be performed. He had already performed, and I think he left because he was like, okay, well. I'm done, I guess. I'm supposed to be the headliner.
1: Do you, They had to have been on tour together, right? Like, there's no way, no reason yeah. that they both just happened to be in Illinois and were like, oh, we'll just do this show together. Like, they had to be on no. tour. Can you imagine the conversations? And Every presumably, night. like, your show at Ravinia was not the only time that this happened? No. <laughs> so, like, what was that, like, touring experience like? Because, like, I, yeah. obviously, I've never been a touring musician, but... From what I've gathered, it's like, oh yeah, when they like when bands go on tour together, they like hang out and have fun and like are chummy. Whereas like this, I would imagine they they probably never spoke with one another, especially
2: no. after the first time she pulled that move. <laughs> and all Rufus Wainwright said was, um, "I'm actually going to be going first tonight, so uh, so we're going to start in just a couple minutes." And everyone was like, "Oh." <laughs> And then that's all he said. He never was like, and Cat Power seems to be having issues. So, like, he just did his performance. It was, like, broad daylight, which is when the opener's supposed to go on yeah. at Virginia. And then she came on, and it was, like, dusk. And everyone was like, I didn't really come here for you. Yeah, Can I leave now? Yeah,
0: the opener, too, and showed up, and it was just Cat Power. And they were like, what? Yeah. Where's Ruby? Yeah. A nightmare. It was, like,
2: a true Live performance nightmare. That's all to say, that sequence, I was like, oh, I've been there. I've been... <laughs> I've witnessed this before. Um, yeah, I did think she was the most compelling arc of the movie. Yeah. But even then, like, there's not a lot of character to, no. like, work with. When it's just like, I'm unwell, and I have to keep performing, and I'm not in a mental place to do that. Um. I also thought she got shot when she fainted. I was like, "Wait, did she get shot?" And I rewound. and I was like, "Oh no, she just passed out." Just yeah. So probably then her getting right. shot.
1: Well, yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was, all it, set up and payoff.
1: It's probably just like heat stroke. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like a really like bizarre sequence, like fairly early on in the movie. She was just like walking, and then, and then fu- fell the over. I was like, for "What?" Like
0: three days. She Most
1: of the movie. Yeah, she's just like in yeah. The- <laughs>
0: Faint, and I had to go back to class. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, not realistic.
1: Yeah, the uh, yeah, oh, just every single character was just so baffling. I don't
0: except I, for I don't know Amy Sedaris.
2: Right, sure, yes, <laughs> and there was there were scenes that I found like uh, powerful. I guess uh, one being. Uh, That, like, mental breakdown on stage, which I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting to watch. Um, And also, the really sad scene of uh, the really terrible singer that everyone makes fun of. Suleen stripping because nobody wants to hear her sing. That sequence was heartbreaking. That was... Um, It was awful. It was so hard to watch.
1: Yeah, I... That was one of the only times I actually, like, felt something for a character. Totally. Because, like, when she was singing at the very beginning, when she is like, do you want to hear a song I wrote? And she's singing it, and it's just, like, it's awful, like, objectively terrible. Like, lyrically and musically, it's just bad. And, but you're just like, oh, whatever. It's, it like, she's just, like, a little waitress. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then she has that sequence at, like, the open mic where it's like, oh, this isn't great, but it's an open mic, so, like, whatever. And then when, like the guy is like on the phone with whoever is trying to organize that event and he's like, oh yeah, I got somebody for you. I was like, oh no. Oh, oh no. Not so, too late,
2: please God. <laughs> so
1: like, know, like that that sequ- sequence was the, one of the only times where I actually like felt something for one of the characters and it was just such an awful feeling. <laughs> I was like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> Do you know who she reminded me of? The older sister from Dirty Dancing.
2: I haven't seen Dirty Dance. I've uh, never seen Dirty Dance. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Awkward. But when you do see Is it, she? You do see it. The older sister in the talent show sings the song and it's like pretty terrible. Like it sounds just Is, the same type of singing. Oh no. <laughs> you yeah, could
2: probably this Google when she it. I yeah. probably will. When she's rehearsing in her apartment, she's like you are the One, One? yeah. (laughs) I was like, "Oh boy, oh boy, this is hard to watch." It Um, was, it was really sweet.
1: So after the show, which she was like completely humiliated, and it was just like really uncomfortable and embarrassing. And then Lily Tomlin's, yeah, like Lily Tomlin's husband was like clearly wasted and just like trying to like hook up with her. And then her, like, friend, like, the cook, like, the chef from the restaurant she works with, What I, I don't mm-hmm. understand fully that relationship, but he, like, sh- shows up and scares Lily Tomlin's um, husband off, and then he just has that, like, really sweet real talk, like, you're not mm-hmm. a good singer moment. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm glad that he, like, said something instead of just, like, letting the, like, clearly she, like, right. she had some self-realization on her own, but, like, I am glad that he, like, on a pure friend level was just like... Girl, it's and just not gonna end, happen for she you.
0: Also, she could sing with Barbara Jean, and then at the end, Barbara Jean gets shot before she gets to sing with her, and she's just at the end of the stage like, "Oh man."
2: And and it's kind of like, i I think she might also be thinking like, "Oh, this is what happens when you get famous and ta- and you're talented. Like, you could just get shot." So maybe this <laughs> isn't what I want. Maybe I shouldn't keep pursuing this. But. That, yeah, that sequence of him being like, you're not good, I was like, oh, this message is is one that not a lot of movies tackle, of like, you're just not good enough. Yeah. Uh, like, you get movies like Whiplash or Black Swan or uh, The Wrestler, where, like, the professional people are good at their job, but it's at the cost of their, like, sanity or health. And in most cases, they just, like, don't do stories about, you're not good at this, stop. Mm-hmm. Um The only other one that I can think of, which Nashville, I'm sure, uh, would never be on a list with this movie, but Monsters University, the Pixar movie, (laughs) is all about, like, you're not scary, you don't have to be scary, but you're not good at it, so you shouldn't try anymore. And I feel like that's a good message. I feel like some people need to be told, and maybe this is just my own psychological trauma of imposter syndrome, but like... (laughs) imposter system where you switch out you're the imposter and you switch out Um, but no imposter syndrome where like sometimes you're just not good at something and it's okay to move on from it and I really like the message of the chef being like you're bad you're so bad and her being like no but I'm gonna keep doing it and being like you gotta stop there is no happy ending here you're bad (laughs) I found that very funny and good it's
0: a funny message to be attached to this movie too yeah, yeah. <laughs> a movie that's not that great.
2: <laughs> it's just, also, remember her rival? Remember how there's like that other country singer yeah. who's a rival, who's not anything more than just that one scene of singing, and then she's like, just like in the movie. She's like talked about a couple times, then
1: she sings yeah. like two songs, and then she's just gone again. You're like, what?
2: And I thought it was like <laughs> setting up like a. Uh, uh, I actually looked up Nashville, the TV show, because I was like, oh, was the TV show based off of this, like, rivalry, competitive nature? Turns out the TV show was based on uh, Carrie Underwood taking over Monday Night Football's theme song over Faith Hill, and that's apparently what inspired the TV show Nashville. Not this movie. But I thought (laughs) these were being set up as like, oh, the point of the movie is this rivalry. And it wasn't. And it turns out... Nashville the T V <laughs> show wasn't either.
1: I didn't I would not have thought that they were actually related to one another. Like I, I obviously they have the same title, but like I I watched like several like a small handful of episodes of that show and I would never have thought, like, oh, I wonder if that's related to the Robert Altman movie. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh, no, they're definitely not related. But I'm glad you told us that story, because I didn't know <laughs> the other stuff. And that's I just ready for
2: some football? the
1: dumbest oh. fucking thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> when, I, when I was uh, getting ready to watch this movie, I, I asked uh, my boyfriend, I was like, do you want to watch Nashville this week? And he just said, fuck no. <laughs> I said, fuck <laughs> no why and he thought i was talking about the television show oh but also that mentality might apply to this movie too
1: that's what i was gonna say i will never watch this movie again if he if he had seen this movie and that was his reaction and you were about to start it for this episode would you have been like oh fuck what have i done well he
0: goes he goes it's i said it's a robert altman movie and he goes are there a thousand characters And one really long tracking shot I was like <laughs> Probably <laughs> And then he was one He was like I watched the player and that was pretty good And I was like oh what's that about And then he was like oh it's about the movie business And I was like that is the movie that I thought this one was <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, the one I wanted to I watch. texted you guys and was like, I'm super sorry now because this isn't even the movie that I thought it was.
1: <laughs> I will say, and I think...
0: <laughs> so I wasted I don't, three hours of your guys' life for a movie that I still want watch. Now we know. <laughs> I still want to watch The Player.
1: <laughs> I will say, and I think unless anybody else has anything to say about like the content of the movie, um, I do think that is like a good segue into like the legacy of this movie because i i did not really care for this movie and we're, we can talk more about that shortly but i am glad i watched it like i don't think th- like i would not say that you wasted three hours of my life by putting this mo- by accidentally putting this movie on the list because <laughs> like like i said at the beginning i've never seen any of his movies and i understand that he is like fairly widely regarded as one of like the best director's in american history so like i i'm glad that i saw this movie but now i'm like what the fuck everybody who thinks that this is one of the best movies of all time like <laughs> how high is everyone who's like yeah that's the shit put it on all of the best of lists because this movie is like really not good
2: <laughs> yeah my opinion on Older movies... Because uh, all these top 100 movies of all time... Best movies of all time... Are like... end basically... In like the early 2000s... I feel like... Everything after that... They're like... Well... All the original movies were, were so much better... Like... All these classic... Like Duck Soup... Oh, it's the one of the best movies of all time... And I haven't seen Duck Soup... And maybe it's great... But it's like... Just because something did it first... Like I said before... Doesn't mean that it can it can Just keep that merit forever I Because it was like bold enough to do it One time early I do think I'm not
1: disagreeing with you Because I also haven't seen a lot of like Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> My film knowledge of stuff that came out Before I was born is extremely limited But This is my specialty <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I mean you were born in like the 30s So I mean yeah, So it's just my lifetime in <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you missed out on all like the non-talkies, but like whatever, okay. you caught all the other stuff. I caught the
2: big ones. We had, which is like- we <laughs> had to watch them in the theater. We never knew when they'd come back. We paid a nickel, and it was for a double feature, an Altman and and a nickels and we'd watch them for a nickel, and it was so good.
0: And then the whole day would be gone.
2: Because yeah, I was going to <laughs> <laughs> that you just spend a
1: week at the theater to watch those two movies. <laughs>
0: I will say that um, as someone who watches old movies with moderate regularity, mm-hmm. is that because we grew up with a different type of movie, the old movie will never seem as good as what we, the current equivalents we equate them with. But for their time they're usually pretty good like, right and that's what i was Is fucking scary if you get into the mindset of this is the most high-tech movie i've ever seen
1: yeah and that that's kind of what i was getting at um what i was going to try and say i think there with any movie there needs to be some amount of time before it can be like universally regarded as like a pantheon film right so like to your point of like all of the best of lists usually drop off like early 2000s. I think that's just partially due to the fact that like things need to stand the test of time. <laughs> Matt is so mad right now.
2: <laughs> I just think like in some objective ways newer movies uh, have been better than older movies and it feels weird that like those lists haven't constantly evolved in the same way that like and maybe I because film is such a young medium too. It's still like just over a hundred years old. And so it makes sense that like the first half would be the most heralded. But it's also like, you know, art and like paintings and music constantly evolves. And like you wouldn't consider like some old tune from the 20s to be like better than anything written in the modern day. And I feel like those. All those other art forms, like, constantly, like, praise the old, but also, like, keep updating. And I feel like a lot of movies lists, like, a lot of these, like, top 100 lists just go, like, all these classic ones are the best ones ever. And that's all. Like, we're just going to stop the conversation there.
1: It is interesting. I think, uh, like, AFI, they had their, like, top 100, and then they did, like, a 10 years later update to it. But Mm -hmm. even that 10 years later one, I think, was, like, yeah over 10 years ago. So, like, it, it'd be interesting to see if they kept doing that. Although, I guess there's there's that book series. It's, like, 1,001 things to do before. There's, like, 1,001 movies to see before you die, oh, books yeah. three before you die, whatever, whatever. Um, they put out new issues, like, you know, editions of that book. That's true. Every year or so. So, I mean, at least in that regard, they're updating that one, you know, that... But also, like, 1001 movies to see before you die is just an ungodly amount of, like, it's yeah. just unheard of. So, like, you know, take that with, with whatever. But I do think, like I said, I think you're right that there are certainly some movies that deserve... Some more modern movies that deserve to be at least talked about in that way. But I also think that some, like, movies need to stand some test of time. Like, I think it would be ridiculous... To say that, like, Parasite is the number five best movie of all time right now. Because, like, Parasite is a great movie, but Parasite's only existed for six months.
2: But it's also, like, standing next to this one, like, what is this movie compared to Parasite? Like, what is it doing in any way that is as skillful or as thought out or as, like, fun to watch as Parasite? And yes, some of the technical stuff was like, oh, it's bold to do that in this day and age, but it's like, when you put the two together, you should be able to go like, which one will stand the test of time. And is it going to be one about like the disparity between the rich and the poor in a super calculated, very surprising, like twisty plot with great acting and incredible like settings and uh, writing. Or is it going to be like this jumble of 24 characters like vaguely talking to each other over each other in a music scene that is super uh, not relate. like yes, a populist be leader is pretty off accurate.
0: It to a similar movie as to Parasite. Like if you compare Magnolia. It to, no 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 Magnolia. Similar, I think like like a star is born, like a similar genre of movie. Because you could do it Magnolia would be a similar type of movie and Magnolia would be a better movie. But if you were to look at like Yeah like, the same... Inside lewin Davis? That's the only thing I could think of, and I think it's better. better. Because yeah. Because it's
2: a smaller yeah. cast. Yeah. And it's also... But it's also, like, then we shouldn't be just, like, oh, it's one of the greatest movies of all time because it's got so many people and it's doing things that nobody did at the time. It's like, okay, who the fuck cares about that now? Like, they've Rookie done Nights it better? better. Yeah. Boogie oh. Nights, Magnolia, Inside and Davis, uh, even A Star is Born, probably any version is better than this. Like, I found this movie to be unexceptional in almost every way besides its (laughs) scope. And that is not, it doesn't mean anything. Like if it's an hour of musical numbers and the musical numbers are just cutting back and forth between singers and people in the area, it's nothing like that doesn't add anything to the movie. I have, I left the movie feeling nothing new or thinking of anything in a new way, it's like, yeah, duh, this is all pretty obvious. Yeah, it's fair. I I do think, like, it's
1: hard to... For me, it's hard to categorize this as a movie because I feel like it doesn't have so many of the things that a movie needs to have. Like, it doesn't really have a plot, which is fine. Like, not all movies are, like, super plot-heavy. Like, I was kind of thinking of, like, a Terrence Malick film, for example, is, like... Mm -hmm fairly comparable to this where it's like most of his movies are really long there's not a lot of plot you know it's 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 very much like this ambient kind of vibe um but i would prefer pretty much any again i haven't seen all of his movies but i would prefer the few that i have seen to this just because mm-hmm. they at least have some semblance of what i I want in a movie or what I think characterizes a movie. Whereas this, I just, I don't think it has basically any of that. Like this, it almost feels like a documentary, you know, like there's mm-hmm. like, it feels almost like, like a slice of life documentary. Um, did you guys see the movie Honeyland that came out last year? It was nominated for, no, no. um, best documentary. So like that one is, it literally, the whole movie is just like following this woman, this beekeeper woman in Macedonia, And I hated that movie because I don't (laughs) like like slice of like documentaries. Like I want there to be some sort of like narrative or some sort of structure. But this, like that movie just like followed this woman around and I was like, what, why? Like, it's cool that she's doing this and has been doing it for 80 years or whatever, but like, I don't fucking care. And I feel like that's similar to this where it just, it doesn't feel like it is anything. It just feels like, Robert Altman showed up with a camera and was just like, "All right, I'm just going to like follow some people around and see what happens and like maybe edit it together." But like it it just it feels so like not cohesive in any way mm-hmm. that I I just had such a hard time like I said considering this a movie at all. <laughs>
2: yeah. And the final moment of like the assassination, I was like and then singing and everyone just like singing along and that like it was a pretty great final shot of just, like, the p- slow zoom out of yeah. this, like, pan- Pantheon, pan- Parthenon building or whatever they built. I think it was like, called
1: the Pantheon. Like, I think...
2: Yeah. Like, it was... it it That was the first moment, and it's the last moment of the movie, where I was like, oh, is this just, like, an art piece? Is this just, like, a, a performance art, like, thing? Because that's not how this story ends. Like, this isn't realistic. There's no, like suspension of disbelief that all these people would just be cool with singing along instead of caring about this, like, music person who just was shot in front of them. And that's the first time where I was like, oh, maybe it's not a movie. Maybe it is just, like, an, an a filmed art experiment. Um, but again, yeah, not a lot of things that I would consider, like, what I think makes a movie a movie or good. What were you going to say, Tierney? <laughs>
0: uh just i don't i don't disagree with you guys i think that it leaves a lot to be desired and falls short of greatness um i was going to say do we want to move on to the segments just because yeah we're at an hour and eight minutes
1: (laughs) oh wow look at us go um so yeah uh
0: normally we do tattoos
1: first (laughs) well (laughs) Uh, normally we do tattoos first, but I think we're already kind of talking about this, so I do just want to, like, briefly talk about Academy Awards. Okay. Sit the fuck down, you guys. (laughs) Brace yourselves. Did either of you look at this? No, no, no. It didn't win Best Picture, but it was nominated for Best Mm -hmm. Picture and Best Director, (laughs) which both of those can fuck all the way off. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else was nominated that year. I can look it up shortly, but... This movie is deserving care. of neither of those accolades.
0: No. I just, if Paul Thomas Anderson is isn't going to get nominated for Magnolia or Boogie Nights for Best Director, then Robert Altman shouldn't get it for this.
1: Yeah. yeah. I will say, so uh, Lily Tomlin was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, good. Which, like, I'm okay with that. Supporting. And
0: That means she's not a main character. Right, exactly. What I was going to say.
1: <laughs> I also was digging around last night, and uh, this movie holds the record for... Uh, number of Golden Globe nominations in a single category, and it had four of the five nominations for best supporting actress. Oh my god.
0: <laughs>
2: Which is insane.
0: Is <laughs> anyway. one of them the BBC
2: reporter?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. Well, maybe. I think actually one of them was, yeah. <laughs> just batshit.
0: Amy Sedaris or the BBC?
1: The BBC, I think. Ugh. Anyway, Uh, uh, and then it won for the best original song, I'm Easy, which I agree, like, the song itself is not that great, but, like, its placement in the movie is pretty solid, so, like, I'm fine with it at least getting nominated, maybe winning, I don't really know. Anyway, in terms of tattoos, the obvious answer is Jeff Goldblum in his fucking tricycle. (laughs) Just, like, a giant (laughs) tattoo. clothing
0: sunglasses?
1: Yeah, just... That whole thing It's the only good thing of this movie (laughs) Is Jeff Goldblum riding around In that ridiculous fucking tricycle (laughs) Uh.
2: I would suggest uh, a bus One of those burnt out uh, hulls of a bus In the (laughs) junkyard that we go to For no discernible reason in this movie
1: uh, one other quick thing that I just remembered. Do you remember how Elliot Gould is in this movie for no reason whatsoever? As Elliot Gould. As Elliot Gould. He popped up, mind-boggling. Like, yeah, he. Po- I was like, oh, cool, Elliot Gould's here. What? Well, I wonder what his character is. And then somebody was like, oh, this is Elliot Gould. Are you here making a movie? And I was like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> anyway, um, Matt, would you spend time on this film set?
2: Fuck no. <laughs> not in a million years I would find it so upsetting and chaotic and I'd be like what are we doing why is everyone just like talking yeah not would not spend a day here Tierney did you also have a tattoo idea no
0: I didn't
2: Uh, okay good
0: I would because I think it would be so chaotic it would be fun to just sit back and watch (laughs) chaos (laughs) and there's something about those types of film sets where as long as people aren't yelling but it could be really fun to watch things go wrong
1: oh god can you imagine there had to have been so many things that went wrong on this film shoot (laughs) just absurd I also would not spend time on this film
2: set (laughs) yeah I feel I felt similar after this as I did and this is going to really set some this is a hot take uh, as I did after Apocalypse Now where I was just like I don't...
0: That's not a hot date. Do people like Apocalypse Now? I didn't. It's also, I think,
2: considered one of the greatest (laughs) movies. I don't know. It's not good. It has more purpose or, like, direction. Yeah. Yeah. But there are equal parts where you're just kind of, like, in the environment. All these atmospheric movies of the 70s with no plot uh, are, like, among my least favorite kinds of movies. Where it's just like, we're just, like, sitting here, man. No, thank you. I'd like to leave now. <laughs> uh, is there. Ugh. So,
0: my battery is going to run out on this thing. Is there oh, anything, anything else we want to do just in case it cuts out?
1: No, and I mean. I. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I, I am yeah. baffled that people love this movie because I did. I. I just, i am baffled by everything about this movie and not in, like, a good, fun way.
0: (laughs) I have one thing to say about this movie, and that is that I'm sorry, guys.
1: No, again, I don't think you should apologize. I think that's part of the fun of what we're doing. My next movie is The
0: Lobster, and I've seen it, and I know it's a good movie, and I know that you guys (laughs) like it, so it'll be okay.
1: I Seriously, I do not think you need to apologize, because, like I said, I think that's part of the fun of what, like, this experiment that we're doing, is that we're... Like, at least how I'm approaching it is, like, I'm trying to expand some of my horizons, mm-hmm. like, my filmic horizons. And so, like, I did not care for this movie, but I'm not mad that I watched it. I am, like, I, I don't think you need to apologize to us. Maybe we should apologize to our listeners. That might be fair.
2: But, <laughs> but at least... But we... Maybe they'll love it. Maybe they'll be among the 77% that like 90. this movie. It's yeah,
0: 92 on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: On IMDB it's like a seventy-seven user, but uh, yeah, it's very high on Rotten Tomatoes. I just don't want to call attention to how high it is on Rotten Tomatoes, because I am not in that ninety-nine percent. All right, I so last it up thing and was like, what? Right? How? Yeah. I pulled it up
1: on I um I IMDB like a
0: 70.
1: I think it I think I saw that it had like a ninety six on, on Metacritic, and I was like, <laughs> Everybody who submitted a positive review for this m- movie on Metacritic needs to be like, like Their, their licenses license need to be revoked yeah.
2: Although yeah, I would give this movie a 30% <laughs> I hate it, this movie Damn.
1: I was trying to think of how I would rate it On Letterboxd I have not done it yet But Letterbox is like a 5 star And you can do halves So it's like basically a 10 point scale And I think I think I was hovering between a one star and a one and a half star, which would be 20 or 30%. So. Mm-hmm.
2: I wish I could give it 24 stars, because there's 24 main character stars in this Ugh, movie. Gross. Um, I was thinking what have you guys been grades, up to this week?
0: Like a, a C is,
2: is... Oh, that's true. 70?
0: It's, yeah. But anyway. I I so could yeah I'd give to? it that high. <laughs> I'd give it a D. That's, yeah,
2: a D for...
1: A C minus. Dude.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to this in case week?
0: My thingo runs out?
2: Yeah. yeah. What are you What are you doing?
0: Uh, well, you know, I've been doing some stuff. Um, I finished reading Brian Wilson's book, and I just want to say cool. that it is. If you think about it, it is incredible that he wrote pretty much the whole Beach Boys catalog. When you think about the Beatles, huh. had Lennon and McCartney, and then yeah. later George Harrison but like he wrote and did the instrumentation for pretty much every song. Yeah. And yeah, that was is deaf pretty impressive. In one year.
2: It's I that's ma- insane. modern Beethoven.
0: Uh, but yeah, it, so i just thought it was great. It was a fantastic book. What were you going to say, Colin?
1: I just he's like I don't know that much about him other than you know, I know that he's like the main person from the Beach Boys, but like everything I do know about him is just like astounding. Like he's just a fascinating human being.
0: hmm Bless. Uh, so that was uh that was it. Been watching more uh Giri Haji or however you say it, Duty Shame. Uh rationing myself out for that. <laughs> That's I think like I have been very busy this week. I haven't done much uh entertainment thing. I guess I was reading a lot. <laughs> 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 that's it. i think that's all i have
2: bless um matt i uh finished Westworld. don't do it don't keep watching it's not good i gave up after uh,
1: season two and i've never been happier
2: yikes. yep season three season three was like uh the best looking meal and then you cut it open and it's all raw and frozen and you're like wait a minute did you not so it's actually Hot pocket <laughs> No, that's the reverse. Because Hot Pockets are scalding in the middle, aren't they? No, they're usually frozen. My experience.
0: Oh, there's two extremes.
2: It's long.
1: either, like, still frozen, or it's like, oh, this is literally lava. <laughs> like There's no yeah, middle I've, ground.
2: <laughs> I've ruined a tongue a, a tongue or two. Um, but yeah, uh, Westworld, bad. But I also started watching Run, and Run... Did I talk about this last week?
1: No. I don't did know, I know if you Mention you... I, was- I think we talked about it offline, but I don't think you mentioned yeah. it on the pub.
2: Uh, I'm so thrilled by it, and I find it so charming, and so... It's it's just, Donal and Merritt are both such Kangs and Quangs uh, <laughs> in the show. Uh, and it's just, like, a fun, like, the stakes are high, but the stakes aren't, like, danger or violence. It's more just, like, uh, how ruined can their life become if they keep doing what they're doing and it's like pretty fun to watch um so i that's what i've been watching and i loved and i've been loving it
0: entirely caught up
2: i am not i have to watch this week's so oh wait tonight's Tonight's. tonight maybe last last week's i think i i am caught up then is that four episodes i
0: think you would have said something slightly different if you were caught up
2: i was gonna say i here's i have watched two episodes
1: i've liked them But I haven't watched anymore. The season finale is next Sunday, so my goal Mm. is to be caught up in time for that. So tonight is the sixth episode, and then next week is the seventh. So
0: I thought in a future like three and four, they were starting to. There's a lot of my thing with it's really fun to watch. There are a lot of holes in the plot, which I'm like, Mm. "Mm, okay, I'll let these slide. And but three and four, I was kind of like, this isn't as believable but five is like oh i saw it coming but finally (laughs) i'm excited but i was like something something needs to like it was just seemed like more of the same but with less Mm -hmm. support for the decisions but then something happens in five where you're like oh thank fuck
1: (laughs) i'm excited then (laughs) Yeah, my goal, I, my goal is to get caught up in time for the finale next week, so in a future pod we can Yay. debrief, or we can do that offline. And also, <laughs> and also, this
2: will be posted, I think, after the finale, so. Good point.
1: You're right. Sure. <laughs> um, anything else? Matt?
2: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Next week? Oh, oh. You like, still wanted, have to do yours. Yeah, Let's
1: I was just curious if you I, had anything else that you've been up to this week that you wanted to shout out.
2: I'm still reading Infinite Jest, and... Uh, okay, if we don't I care don't about that. <laughs> I know. Time. That's why I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah, I, that's why I'm not going to bring it up, but that's all that I'm doing.
0: <laughs> I've chosen
2: same. to read. I've chosen to read over playing video games and watching movies, which, if you know me, is monumental. It means that I am really putting the effort into like, read and use my literacy skills, uh, which I typically let die and wither on the vine, so... <laughs>
0: Look at you, all grown up. Proud of
2: you. I'm reading now. The words on the page are in my brain now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so uh, this week i I started reading um. Ted Chang's new collection of short hmm. stories. He's the guy who wrote uh, "Stories of Our Lives," which is the short story that was the basis for Arrival. Um, he had a new one that came out last year and I've only read one of them so far, but it was like a time travel ish story it was phenomenal. So I'm excited to continue diving into that. Um, I found Phoebe Bridgers who Matt knows I fucking love, uh, maybe my favorite artist currently working. Uh, she's great in
2: Fleabag.
0: I was going to say, is this a knockoff Phoebe Waller bridge? God, God
1: damn you. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: she's so good in that.
1: She fuck both of you. <laughs> Uh, She... I found her, like, one of her old bands. They had, like, a seven-song EP that they put up on Bandcamp, and it is phenomenal. I've been listening to it basically nonstop. It's, like, 20 minutes long, and I've just been listening to it on repeat for days on end.
0: Is it called No Time to Die?
1: And so other things (laughs) I've been up to this week. (laughs) I've been... So in a similar way to how Tierney has been, like like pacing herself on giri haji because she doesn't want to like she wants to extend how like how much she's enjoying it i've been rewatching the fast and furious series but i've been going <laughs> one at a time and i've been taking several days in between because they're all just so good that i don't i don't i don't want it to end you know i just want to keep spacing it out and and get this amount of joy as long as i possibly can so that's what i've been up to lately uh like you're between. welcome to join in
0: between nashville matt. and then this update matt probably feels like this podcast is a personal attack yeah.
2: this has gone off the rails and i won't stand for it we have descended into true chaos
1: i i, I apologize i apologize for nothing
2: i'm too furious right now too fast too furious i no, just furious <laughs> I'm really
0: excited for us to watch a movie we haven't seen and like it.
1: <laughs> It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting whenever that rolls around. So fingers crossed. <laughs> like, it's I'm not
0: just sure. Slowly gone down. Like, <laughs> like a single man. We were like, this is good. There's some something's missing. And then insomnia was like, this was okay, but not great. And then Nashville was like, this was a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, so wait—is our, our next movie the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's a David Fincher. I've
0: seen which
2: it. the game is supposed to be. Oh, because you. Okay, so you've seen it it's already. The one with Michael um,
0: Douglas, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's I haven't school, seen. It. It's been a long time.
2: I'm I'm not sure if there are many others on this list that none of us have seen. We'll figure it out offline. But uh, but yeah, I'm also excited for that new movie that we all get to experience together for the first time in love. Um, we'll see if any of our choices will allow that.
1: <laughs> All oh. right. Well, this movie was fun, you guys. I think I'm gonna go rewatch it right now. Oh. Said no one ever.
2: <laughs> Do you have 12 hours?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's still like, it's I still needed? Sunday. Like, I don't really have anything else going on today. <laughs> like, I Good can't point. leave my house, so might as well just be stuck in 1970s Nashville.
2: <laughs> Good point.
0: Not.
1: Yeah, no, I'd rather go basically anywhere else.
0: <laughs> I'd rather go back to Alaska. Actually, if Al Pacino's there, I'd rather not. Go
2: I mean, he can kind of fly <laughs> around anywhere if the wind hits his body right. He's
0: like a flying squirrel, just like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: He's like,
0: wee! <laughs>
2: yeah. Al, Al Windsock Pacino.
0: <laughs> I still oh haven't over how much I hate him.
2: I mean, I... I always remember... I haven't even seen Heat, which I should probably watch Heat. Uh, but when he almost says she's got a big ass, but instead changes it to great, and you could see his mouth deciding what word is going to come out, and he's like, she's got a great ass! And it's uh, a classic Pacino moment. I always think of that, that whenever I think of Al Pacino. Yeah, we could put a clip of it um, uh, on the... Yeah, or with one.
0: I think
1: that would be a really nice way to end this one. Um, but speaking of, I think
0: we're done here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in other words, I'm finished.